some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Live on the Barroom Network, it's the Mac and Reed Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the show. Uh, myself, Evan Mack, and Ross Reed join you on our first show of 2024. And uh, we're happy to be here. Remember, you can follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network on Twitter for all their great Bears coverage and other sports coverage as well. And follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. We're live on YouTube. Feel free to chime in, comment in. And, uh, of course, you can get the audio-only podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your audio. Like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. Happy New Year, Ross. This is the last day you can say Happy New Year, according to Larry David. Happy New Year. It is the last day you can say uh, Happy New Year. I echo that. And uh, apparently, it. as of five minutes ago, I have Jeffrey Epstein uh, document release day. Oh boy, and we'll uh, we will talk about that as well. And why I think I saw Jordan Love's name on there. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> certain, <laughs> I ain't big enough. Uh, certain Jets quarterback and, and hot water with a certain TV personality because of the bad. beef we the beef we knew we didn't need. Got a lot to get to on the first show of 2024. First show of the new year. Bears, of course, heavy for the first half as the Bears clinched that number one overall pick, thanks to Carolina being shitty. And we'll talk about Justin Fields' future, of course, and what to expect in this final game of the uh, regular season as the Bears will travel to Green Bay, of course, at Lambeau at uh, a nice uh, afternoon game at Lambeau, which, uh, you know, it's not looking, it looks like a a, a snowy perhaps day at Lambeau. We shall see. It's a little early. It's Wednesday, but uh, yes, sir. Good New Year's Eve, Ross, and celebration. It was good. It was about nine years running now of just not doing much of anything, staying in the nine house. years running. I respect. Yeah, that. yeah. We stopped going out a long time ago. So you know, nice little watch the Chappelle's episode uh, special uh, that dropped. It just come out. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that we saw live at the United Center. So that was a lot of fun and. Some nice Connie's pizza, nice local favorite, and and nice sure. and chill. You were you were in Denver in, in the Mile High city. I, I, I was in Denver. I went with the fam to Denver, and luckily my wife had some friends to watch our goddamn children. And uh, we had a wedding for our dear friends mm -hmm. Jeff and Danielle, who got married at the um, Sports Castle, which was an interesting. It used to be a car dealership, oh. so that was funky, and it was a uh, you know one of the like sports sports authorities was headquartered in that building for a while. Uh, the now defunct sports authority, but it was a, it was a hell of a wedding. It was a, a great way to spend new year's Eve. We were, we were like trapped forever because of Uber strikes and whatnot, but, uh, but we got out of there and we had, we had a blast, a lot of, a lot of old friends and new friends. Nice. So good nice. times. Nice. Happy new year to you all. Hope you had a great holiday. 
let's dive into it. Bears, you know, fresh off uh, a nice win against the Falcons. Uh, whereas seemingly everything went right. You know, we're seeing the, the defense kind of build on every week. Uh, their, you know, cohesiveness as a unit, their, you know, the takeaways. And of course, you know, they're, they're playing against Taylor, the likes of Taylor Heineke. And then Desmond Ritter just came in to throw an interception late in the game as well as the Bears won 37 to 17. Uh, Khalil Herbert, hell of a day on the ground. DJ Moore, nine receptions for 159 yards and a touchdown. And then Justin Fields, you know, 32 passes, uh, 20 for 32, I should say, almost 300 yards, uh, about, you know, 32 yards short. Uh, one touchdown through the air. Uh, he, you know, he, he was an efficient quarterback for the Bears. Uh, and he, he, all, all the potential, you see all the athleticism, it, it was certainly on display. He also had a touchdown on the ground um it was it was a complete game for him again kind of one-dimensional in that it was a lot to dj Moore. but who else would you be throwing to with a guy like dj Moore, just able to run wild on uh on that falcons defense but it, it really to me was that defense for the bears making the headlines you know uh, everybody getting involved there were four interceptions on the day tyreek stevenson you know a a late round pick this last year, a rookie for the Bears really shown his potential. Uh, TJ Edwards added one. Tyler Gordon with his awkward, I did not like that uh, backflip. I thought landing on one leg, it really ooh, it scared me a little bit, but uh, good for Kyler uh, and showing off his athleticism in pads. But yeah, d- great, great day for the defense. Uh, Gravon Dexter, you know, getting some pressure, one and a half sacks on the day. It was a nice game when you're pouring. You know, 37 on uh, Atlanta in the last home game of the season. That's what the fans want um, and also get to celebrate a uh, a victory in of, of in of itself, which was kind of more of the headline with getting that Carolina number one overall pick. So, you know, the game obviously doesn't have many, many implications. Uh, you know, there was like a small chance if there was a, a tie in a Monday night game that or uh, I should say Sunday night game that the there was no Monday night game as due to the college football playoff that, that the bears can make the blast, but that's neither here nor there. The big story again is the bears getting the number one overall pick and Ross. I mean, now that it's clinched, it does it give you some more clarity into what the plan is. I, I mean, certainly you could just have a, you know, a, a whiteboard, a la usual suspects uh, behind you that could really show you all the possibilities uh, of what to do, but the bears, I mean, they're sitting in a good position. There's no doubt about that. They certainly are, and regardless of where you come out on the Justin Fields versus uh, Caleb Williams versus Drake May conversation, um, I think we can all agree for the most part that having them the first overall pick is nothing but ups- It's nothing but optimism. It's nothing but upside, right? Um, I think a lot of people over the course of the end of the regular season have kind of um, wanted Carolina to win some of these games so they can take the conversation of taking Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields out of the picture. I, I think that's loser talk in my opinion. You want to be able to have the flexibility to do whatever is the right move and whatever Ryan Poles thinks is the right move. And that is having a first overall pick because now all of a sudden, if you do want to keep Justin Fields, 
you can get a haul even bigger than what you got last year for last year's first overall pick, right? And, and that means that you can really start to put a ton of weapons around Justin, maybe add to the defense, add future draft capital down the line. Or if you are in the Caleb Williams, Drake May camp, then obviously you take one of those guys and and, and how Justin has been playing the last, uh, you know, seven, eight games of the season, basically ever since he got back from his injury, um, you hope that his draft stock, I mean, his, his trade stock has, has gone up as well. So this puts the Bears in an awesome position. Matt Everflew's commented on it today, but they're a team right now that is on the upside. They've got a, an opportunity to finish the season with eight wins. Um, they had a hell of a winning streak to finish the year at home. Uh, they've been playing a lot better in three phases. And then you've got, you know, the the crown jewel heading into the offseason, which is this number one pick coupled with the fact that they've got about another $90 million in, in cash space that they can spend. So the Bears, I promise you, regardless of what they do with the quarterback position next year, are going to be a very, very sexy pick to win that division next season. You know, the, the Lions can't be had. The Vikings are kind of on a downturn. They've got a lot of uh, issues at quarterback. And, you know, even right now, as, as we sit here, you know, we're going to talk about Sunday's game, obviously, but the Bears and Packers could theoretically finish with the same exact record. So, um, I, I think the, the arrow is pointing up right now to the Bears, and that's in large part due to that first overall pick. And you know the animosity towards Green Bay. We'll get to that game shortly. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, Ross, I mean, it, it just makes so much sense to wait and see and, and hopefully trust in what Ryan Poles can do with this number one pick. And I, it's, uh, again... We talked about it last week, the weeks prior, that it is a, a tough decision on the front with the quarterback just to see how Justin Fields is able to finish out this season. Again, really playing well to end the season. Uh, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN said, you know, this Bears offense playing uh, like a top 10 one to end the season. Um, and Justin Fields to that end, like a top 10 QB, just with that escapability able to make some great throws, really just come a long way as a passer in the NFL. And again, I'm on the record. I, I feel that just building around him would be would behoove the Bears when you just have this plethora of draft picks. If you want to trade that number one overall pick to someone desperate for a, a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, try and get to two, get a, a Marvin Harrison Jr., that's fine. Would, would, uh, what's he called? Maserati? I, I like that nickname, a little bit of that. Isn't that uh, what they call the what they call Trubisky though? That one we need. If he does come to Chicago, we got to get him a we got to give him a new name. Maserati. They, they call him. Them, didn't Louis Riddick call him Maserati Mitch back in the day? <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, that's bad news. Uh, well, that aside, maybe that hopefully that'll age better with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Regardless, uh, just just a ridiculous war chest of picks and then the cap space to boot. Um, they're sitting pretty, and and you know what Ryan Poles did last year. Uh, and that really turned into DJ Moore, who, you know, this year turned into a, a fantastic number one wide receiver for Justin Fields with 92 receptions thus far, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns, 14 yards per catch. Um, you know, first Bears wide receiver with multiple 150-yard games since Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, finally, you know, after injuries to the offensive line, various injuries to the offense to Justin Fields, we see this offense kind of cooking a little, you know, obviously too late. And maybe if they turned, uh, you know, some close games into wins, they would be in that conversation with the playoff hunt, maybe for the seventh seed or sixth seed, some, something like that. Regardless, they're out of it. So now, you know, looking at Sunday's game, it's a little bit more for pride, like Justin Fields said in his press conference. 
not much to do in Green Bay, but watch football. And he knows they're going to be loud. Um, and he's familiar with this rivalry at this point. Uh, but it's, it is exciting. It, it is, uh, you know, is a case of optimism for um, Bears fans when you see how the, all phases are clicking right now and know what you're able to hopefully retain in the defense, especially studs like Montez Sweat. You're hoping they're going to pay Jalen Johnson. And then, you know, obviously DJ Moore, you know, you're getting him locked up and then you would like some certainty at quarterback and then build around that right side of the offensive line and, and sort of get Lucas Patrick and other veterans out of here that uh, are aging out of that starting lineup. Uh, the, the future looks bright and and it's in, you know, it's a competitive division as much as as, as Detroit was the class of the NFC North. Um you know, the Vikings, if, if Kirk Cousins doesn't go down, if they didn't have that poor start, you don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, you know, the same could be said about Green Bay. And I think they do have, obviously, their quarterback of the future with Jordan Love with that just god-awful stat that was uh, posted today regarding Jordan Love and how he has, you know, more yards than any Bears quarterback in a single season in the Bears franchise history. Yeah, and, and so, you know, listen – you know, the division to me, even though, you know, it, it is, I think the Lions are a very good football team. They lost a, a heartbreaker on Saturday night against uh, against the Cowboys. Um, you know, the Vikings were humming a little bit with, with Kirk Cousins there, and, and they said, see, they definitely hit a, a road bump from there. You know, Green Bay, you know, Jordan Love has had a good year. I'm still not a huge believer in them long term. I think that he's a middle of the road quarterback at best, but he's had a solid season. I have to give him credit to that. I think the Bears are right there. I listen, there's a ton, there's a lot of talent on this football team for the Bears. The defense has played a lot better. I think they're a solid pass rusher away from being a, a, a consistently top 10 uh unit in the league. And then on offense, you know, again. The quarterback situation has been talked about at nauseum, but take the quarterback situation away from it. And, you know, you look at this Sunday alone, DJ Moore had 13 targets, you know, Justin Fields completed um, 20 passes and nine of those went to DJ Moore. The problem that I have is what comes after DJ Moore, not only this past Sunday, but just in the season in general, you know, it was Robert Tunyon, Roshan Johnson, Tyler Scott and Tyler Scott dropped a, you know, he dropped a, it, it was a tough, it would have been a tough catch in the end zone, but it still dropped. You know, he dropped a touchdown pass and a beautiful ball from Justin, uh, from Justin Fields. And then some dude named Colin Johnson called a pass on Sunday, <laughs> you know, and, you know, this is kind of what we've been talking about all year is after DJ Moore, there has been a, a lack of weapons for the Bears a lack of vertical threat. Darnell Mooney has not had the season that we thought he was going to have. Tyler Scott really has proven to be a late-round pick rookie. Bayless Jones Jr., not a consistent enough football player. The Bears have got to add more, um, you know, talent, speed, and explosiveness on the off, on the outside to pair with DJ Moore. If that is Marvin Harrison Jr., awesome. If that is, uh, you know, Neighbors, the young man out of LSU, great. A guy I love, Roman Duze. We saw him on, on Monday night and what he did with Washington, uh, you know, catching passes from Michael Penix. To me, you know, keeping the quarterback situation aside, the Bears have got to come away from the draft with at least one of those guys. Me personally, if you decide to keep Justin Fields, I'm doubling down. I'm taking two of them. I would take two top 10 picks and and take them both on wide receivers and get as explosive as possible on offense right because that's where the league is trending right now you look at your teams like miami right one of the most explosive offenses in the league 
and they're going to throw at you Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Mostert and all these other weapons. And, and Cincinnati, when those guys are healthy with Joe Burrow and, and, and they've got um, Jamar Chase and they've got Tyler Boyd and uh, I forget the other guy's name that they have, the, their, their third receiver, but they've got three outstanding receivers. To me, you know, as much as, as we pride ourselves in being the monsters of the North and defense in Chicago, I would like to see the Bears get very, very explosive in offense this offseason, regardless of who the quarterback is. Yeah, no question. You want to model it after the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no know, the Ravens, yeah, Ravens trending in that right direction. But, yeah, all the speed that Miami has. And then, of course, you know, you have to have someone, uh, you know, calling the plays effectively uh, for the Bears organization. So coaching will be paramount no matter what kind of talent you put back there. You don't want the likes of Luke Getze. Perhaps calling again, um, and as we heard perhaps this last week, that uh, you know Mar- Matt Aberflus's future seems like he is sticking around for the Bears. Uh, you know, per Adam Schefter or whoever in Rappaport, whoever broke that news that he would be around, and that you know kind of leads you to believe that perhaps the Bears would stick with both him and Justin Fields going forward. But but I agree with you, Ross, that the offense you know might as well continue to capitalize on what you have you got a, a great young tight end in Cole Komet but you could potentially draft another great tight end um you know within the first round if you're looking that route but I think you know certainly you want to look at a left tackle the future um you look around the league it's it's very important and you get jealous of the likes of uh you know Dallas's left tackle and, and Tyron Smith and um you know, all around the 49ers left tackle as well you need those guys Lane Johnson for the Eagles especially in the NFC um, to protect whoever is going to be throwing the football for the Bears going forward. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the draft, and there's still one game left for the Bears, and, and it is this Packers game where, you know, this is the last game of the season for, you know, every every team out there, some with more playoff implications than others. This one is, again, just a rivalry game, and it's uh, going to be fun certainly because of all the bad blood between the two teams, you know, bears looking for uh, a revenge win traveling to green Bay, Jalen Johnson, questionable. DJ more questionable. Jalen Johnson said he's going to play a hundred percent. Old Komet questionable Darnell Mooney. So looking at the wide receiver core, um, you know, they obviously, and, and this team as a whole, they don't have a ton to play for besides pride. And besides, you know, Justin Fields, obviously, wanting to impress upon bears fans and, and like just going out regardless of your future to end the season, winning in green Bay would be the best high note, you know, from a fan perspective, from that team's perspective, from the franchise's perspective, um, big implications. I feel like, you know, uh, as far as, you know, fields future and, and the guys that we haven't mentioned that are, are sort of on the fringe uh, in the offense who, need to play better uh, i do like the youth on on the bears team i think the edge of course is is uh looking the bears way just because they've been hot right now i mean i know green bay and, and jordan love have been on on a hot streak of their own uh it looks pretty even uh what are you looking for in this game on sunday ross uh i'm looking for offense from both of these teams i'm looking to see who's going to be able to get stops from a defensive standpoint uh jordan love is playing uh, pretty good football of late. Um, he's going to have all his wide receivers back this Sunday. Jaden Reed's going to be out there. Christian Watts is going to be out there. They're going to be at at full uh, at, at full speed uh, across the board, which means the Bears are going to have their hand, hands full, obviously, uh, on defense. And the Packers are actually playing for something because they, they, they want to get a win and continue on their season. 
But on the flip side of that, um, especially over the last six to eight weeks, Packers are one of the five worst defenses in the league at um, allowing offenses to extend drives. So offenses have been able to extend these drives at a very large clip for them. Uh, they very rarely get three and outs. They give up a lot of points. They give up a lot of yards. And uh, I really think that both Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze really need to go all the way back to week one and really look at that just absolutely garbage-ass game plan that they put together for that game. This is a very beatable football team, in my opinion, the Packers. And throw that whole thing in the garbage, and they've got to come a little bit better. In my opinion, I want to give Jordan Love some different looks on defense. I want to mix it up. I want to put him, uh, you know, throw a little zone. But allow these guys to play man as well. Allow your front four to try and get some pressure on him. But don't be afraid to send the blitz every now and then. You've got guys like Tremaine Edmonds. You've got guys like Jaquan Brisker that you can send. Give Jordan Love different looks because I think that's when he gets the most comfortable and, and off his spot. And then from there, on the offensive side of things, you really want to get Justin Fields moving out the pocket, right? You really want to get him on the move. You really want to see if you can set up DJ Moore early and often on one-on-one plays. Joe Barry does like to play a lot of zone against the Bears, so he's going to have to try and find some soft spots in there. Hopefully Cole Komet can be healthy in this game. He, he needs to be healthy if the Bears want to win this game because he's a perfect guy against that Joe Barry zone. And, you know, hopefully Darnell Mooney can also con- clear concussion protocol. But to me also, you know, if they're going to – try and drop back into coverage. And they've done this even back when Mitch Trubisky was, was quarterback for the Bears and the Joe Barry, then the Bears are going to have to run the football with their offensive line. You're going to have to get very physical against these guys and push them. Make these guys creep up to the line of scrimmage to try and, to, to try and stop the run. And then that's when Justin can do what he does best in the, in the passing game, and that's take a shot downfield. So I expect some points in this game. Uh, the number right there we see at the bottom of the screen, 44 and a half. Um, there's not much to bet this weekend because half the NFL is going to be sitting. They're going to be rusting. Um, but this is one that you can bet because I think both teams are going to be very competitive. And I would actually take the over in this football game. I, I like points on Sunday, regardless of who wins. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully going to be a far cry for the Bears as, as far as how they started the season when they lost 38-20 to 20 hosting the Packers. And Jordan Love went off for the tune to the tune of three touchdowns. Uh, Bears getting healthy at the right time. I, I know you t- you hyped the running game and Khalil Herbert coming off a big game. Uh, should continue that way uh, again with that offensive line, um, you know, paving lanes for both him and Justin Fields. The defense, uh, you know, they didn't have the same pass rush too, right? You had that Montez sweat factor, hopefully getting Jordan Love's face and, and get some pressure, which will then in turn maybe create turnovers because we've seen up and down, Jordan Love, we know I, j- I just talked about, you know, he's almost at 4,000 yards passing, can certainly get over that number on Sunday, but uh, he's been turnover prone at times too, and it's still his first full season for Green Bay. Goes back to that home field advantage. It's a tough place to play in Lambeau. Bears just have historically not played well there, but, you know, if I'm this team, I'm rallying around Justin. They've, they've hyped him throughout the season as there's been doubt that he's – the quarterback going forward, the franchise quarterback for the Bears. You know, if you're the defense, get him the ball back. If you're the offensive line, if you're guys like Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright, just be nasty. It's a Green Bay's, you know, has some tough pieces on the defense. They certainly have a good pass rush. Uh, you know, you don't want Justin Fields scrambling for his life constantly, taking late hits, this and that. Um, but you hope that the Bears can call an effective game in that 
they rely on the run and are able to get, you know, four or five yards per run play, something like that, and are able to set up the plat- the, the pass plays that they need uh, to take some shots when you throw longer touchdown passes to D- to um, DJ Moore, to Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney if he plays. Um, and Tyler Scott having a nice season, as you mentioned, Ross. It's a nice weapon for fields to have. Uh, you got to figure that he's going to ball out. You got a stat line that you like for Justin? Look, it's tough for me to, to put a stat line on. I, I'll say this. Um, I want him to go out there and play with some pride and and act like well not act like he's been act like he's been acting like he, this whole season but really push uh, Ryan Poles to make a very tough decision you know starting Monday going into the off season and that's obviously with what to do at the quarterback position. Listen, Baker Mayfield the last time the Packers were at home, Baker Mayfield threw for 380 yards and had four touchdowns. You know, we haven't seen a stat line like that from Justin Fields all season. And I don't expect him to put up 381 yards and four touchdowns, but I would like him to at least mirror what he did against the Atlanta Falcons this past Sunday. And I think if he does that on the road and the Bears can even squeak out a win, um, there's a lot of momentum going into the offseason for everybody to return. And I know it's not popular that Luke Getzey comes back and stuff like that, but there is something to be said about having continuity in the NFL. And a lot of times the grass is not greener on the other side. So I think it was a big football game for Matt Eberflus, for Justin Fields, for Luke Getzey. We already feel like Matt Eberflus is probably safe. Um, but, you know, listen, a, a lot is on the table still for, for Justin and Getzey. And I think that if the Bears do come out this Sunday – and perform well and beat their rival, it's going to really, you know, force from the top down, and this is very important, from George McCaskey to Kevin Warren to Ryan Poles to collectively come together and say, okay, we actually are building something here. And we've got a, a, a nucleus that we feel like we can we, we can build with. This is an eight-win team. I like how all these guys came together. Let's maybe go into the offseason and run this back, but add to this machine. So I think Sunday is going to be really important. I know it's meaningless football uh, in the grand scheme of things, but I don't believe that. I I do think this is a very important football game for the franchise. And I do think if they perform well and they win, um, that's a huge stepping stone for for this whole nucleus going into the offseason. Yeah, agreed, Ross. I mean, very – Meaningful for Luke Getze, of course, as you mentioned, who has to call a really good game uh, against this Packers defense at home uh, and certainly, you know, playing for his job or or coaching for his job, rather, and uh, a future with the Bears potentially. If he was brought back, that'd be surprising. But crazier things have happened, certainly, with the Chicago Bears. And then, yeah, I I have seen how this offense uh, has really closed out the season playing a bit better right and the defense the same way it just seems like there's a different swagger to this team um and health has a lot to do with it being able to capitalize in the second half of the season is big you know finishing uh obviously if if they did not if the bears did not have that four game losing streak to start the season then this might be a different sort of season for them but they had as tough a schedule as any and, and lost a lot of close games but yeah this isn't meaningless right you want to knock green bay as as uh folks have been chiming chiming in in the uh, comments, you want to knock Green Bay out of the playoffs. Certainly, you want to end uh, with Jordan Love's dick in the dirt, so to speak, and and just making sure that you uh, renew this rivalry going forward. You know, it, regardless of who's at quarterback or who's at, at you know certain key positions for the Bears, who's coaching, uh, you want to see the potential, right? This rivalry renewed because the Bears has been very the Packers. It's been very one sided towards them. 
so it'll be hopefully yeah some points will be put up like i said the elements don't look like they'll be an issue right now warm for green bay you know possibly 20s maybe a little bit of snow but we saw saw how the bears played uh with a touch of snow in soldier field this past weekend exciting i mean what can you say about there's still nothing like green bay uh, packers and chicago bears in sports you can put you know you put Ohio State and Michigan up there and so many other great rivalries. But this is it, man, and the history between these two franchises. Uh, you know that the the NFL and, and the referees are going to cook up something to make this a, a close game on a Sunday afternoon. Well, I'm pretty sure we get the same uh, official staff that had that debacle in Dallas. I'm pretty sure those are the guys, um, which, which I actually um, – We'll talk about that game in a little bit, but I'm going to defend those guys when that conversation comes up. I I, I think, yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I usually don't defend uh, officials and referees, but I'm going to defend them on that one. But I'm pretty sure that's the group that we're getting this past Sunday. They have been demoted to out <laughs> yeah. of the playoffs next weekend. So this will be their final game of the season this, uh, this Sunday coming up. There we go. Let's talk the rest of the NFL, Ross. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, there was a, a bit of a kerfuffle that last uh, weekend between um, the Lions and it just that that whole situation was just so bizarre. Um, you know, when when we don't really know the the rules and we don't know what's what's said on the field between the Lions and the Cowboys in that game. Um, but what was your take and, and defend the, the refs if you want to just start this conversation with this last week? Because it had some some big, big implications, and I I was next to a Lions fan when that happened, which was hilarious. But uh, yeah, what did, tell me what you saw? Yeah, I mean, number one, it was a cool play. I, I thought it was a super cool play, and it was awesome. executed perfectly. And uh, you know, shout out to whoever came up with that play, whether it was Ben Johnson, whether it was Dan Campbell. Um, here's where I defend the refs personally is. Dan Campbell admitted after the game that it was purposely designed to confuse everybody on the football field. The Cowboys, just everybody, right? Like, like when you have a play that purposely is going to throw everybody off, that to me is a huge red flag already. Expect for something to not go right about that. And then he says, well, I, I went to them before the game and I told them what the play was. You know, I mean, you would shit these guys here before the game. They got players telling them this guy's going to grab me all day. They got to go through, you know, what they're supposed to be watching, what they got from the NFL in terms of what to keep an eye on. It's a primetime game, so there's a lot of pressure for them. And then all of a sudden, all the way to four quarters later, and they're supposed to remember what Dan Campbell told them about this play, about how this guy is supposed to uh, um, rule himself eligible, but then he's not going to be eligible because this guy's secretly going to be eligible. Who the fuck's going to remember that? I, nobody remembers that as a referee. And that's where I kind of defend him a little bit. I think the play was too complicated uh, for the referees to, to be able to call it. And even still, once it doesn't go right for whatever reason, and obviously this was because um, the refs called him ineligible when he was eligible, Dan Campbell still decides to go for it for a two-point conversion from like the seven-yard line. That to me is a massive mistake right there. At that point, you've got to kick the extra point and you got to take that game in overtime. It's almost like Dan Campbell, like, I don't know, he tried to like snort Coke or something and then he got it in one nostril. And it's like, well, no, let me go back and get it in another one. Like he doubled down on the ridiculousness. Like at that point, yeah, just kick bold. the extra point and take that game in the overtime. But even still, it was great theater for all of us on a Saturday night. 
I always love these Saturday night games because some of the weird stuff happens. But I put that one to me, the loss, in ter- uh, mostly on Dan Campbell in that spot uh, because he relied too much on the referees to, to make that decision for him. Right. And Cowboys went on to win 2019 and that uh, yeah. <laughs> spurred the NFL to remind players to yeah. clearly report as eligible receivers. And, and lost in the shuffle, the biggest idiot of them all was Mike McCarthy calling 40-yard passes downfield with Dak Prescott when the game is under two minutes left and you're trying to run the clock out. What the hell was he thinking? Mike McCarthy scares the crap out of me going into playoffs. That, to me, right there was just an abject disaster, and that's the reason why the Lions were able to come back down the field and get a touchdown is because he left too much time on the clock. So, again – Tons of mistakes all the way around on coaching. I don't know how these guys – you think you would play enough Madden in life to know that, that these game situations should be down pat by now. Yeah, no question there. But uh, there was a lot of drama and a lot of great action from this uh, holiday weekend uh, over New Year's weekend, and and the Browns continued to uh, just be great at home, 8-1 and one at home. I mean, uh, unbelievable stretch for Joe Flacco and company as they beat the Jets 37 to 20 and now they improved to 11 and 5 and you know look in their own division too with the just ridiculous uh performance that the Ravens put putting up 56 on the Dolphins as they improved to 13 and 3 and we know Lamar Jackson won't be playing this weekend because he's got nothing to play for because the Ravens look like the class of the AFC by far uh just a unbelievable perfect passer rating for Lamar Jackson just unbelievable performance for uh, the Ravens overall, as five touchdowns were thrown by Lamar Jackson, just nasty, man. Uh, Jaguars blanked the Panthers to help the Bears secure the number one overall pick, which was nice. Uh, AFC South, or NFC South, rather, just continues to be confusing with the Saints beating the Buccaneers. And, uh, you know, there's there's still a lot for those two teams to play for this weekend, jockeying for position. 49ers right in the ship, uh, you know, Eagles losing a, a bad one against the Cardinals when, you know, they didn't want to lose that in that position for sure with others teams, um, you know, bearing down on them, so to speak. And then the Bills, how interesting is this with the implications this weekend? You know, if they win, you know, they're in and could clinch like a two seed. And then if they lose, uh, the potential is to miss the, the playoffs. And that's really unbelievable for this team that has, so much potential and you know in preseason picking them to potentially go to the super bowl or at least the afc championship game uh it's wild how things change uh just that way and the steelers peaking at the right time as they improved to nine and seven got a big win over the seahawks they're keeping their playoff hopes alive and the chiefs getting a tough win against the Bengals. uh like you talked about um packers beating the vikings soundly 33 to 10 in a good game by jordan love but, you know, looking ahead to the, this next weekend, there's not many, uh, as you said, not, not many great betting games, if you would. Um, you know, obviously the Ravens are sitting Lamar Jackson because they don't need to play him. Uh, Steelers need this win much more than the Ravens. But, you know, the Ravens will still try to bring it. Um, and then the implications are there certainly for, you know, the teams like uh, like the Falcons and the Saints who are fighting again in the NFC South in a big one. In a noon game, uh, Buccaneers, obviously, they want to win and not be spoiled by the Panthers as Falcons are 7-9, Saints 8-8, eight eight, Buccaneers 8-8, eight eight, uh, Broncos, Raiders. You know, there's a little spiciness, of course, to that rivalry as, uh, as well as usual. Um, Seahawks, you know, they, they have 
a chance to potentially make the playoffs um, at eight and eight. But, you know, Arizona peaking at the right time. Uh, what else are you looking forward to in this next weekend of, of the last week of the regular season, Ross? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I to be honest with you, um, I kind of would want to see the Steelers in the playoffs over, over the, the Bills. I, I think the Bills really have shot themselves in the foot multiple times this year. They tried to blame Ken Dorsey for their for their failure and stuff like that. That, that wasn't it. Sean McDermott had that weird uh, 9-11 thing kind of rehashed, but it just seemed off all year. And now the Steelers are, are playing much better football with Mason Rudolph behind the, you know, under center. Do you know the Steelers this year are 9-3 and three in games where Mitch Trubisky does not play a significant time? And that is a quarter, I mean, that is a half of football or more. Uh, so clearly this is, uh, you know, again, Mitch Trubisky just having a rough go at it in his, in his career. He's been taking L's all over the place. But um, they seem to have found something, at least in the short term, for Mason Rudolph. And um, I'm always a Mike Tomlin fan. I want to see him in the playoffs as much as possible. Um, I think the Steelers would be fun. I think that um, it'd be fun to see them in in a playoffs that has the Ravens and the Browns going in there, just really black and blue old school football. But to me, the big thing I'm looking at, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just laid a complete egg last week against the um, against the Saints. They just got, absolutely got blown out last week. And now all of a sudden, you know, they obviously need this game. And luckily, they're playing the Panthers. But listen, not so fast. That Panthers team might be a little frisky on Sunday. You know, the owner's throwing drinks at people. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're going to be pissed off. They've already given up their, their first overall pick. That's not going to be a very easy football game. Uh, for them to win so you know that's going to be an interesting game uh to watch and and then you know just the texans right the colts texans and 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 that's going to be a very fun game because you know either team is going to clinch is going to clinch a playoff berth uh with a win and then one of those teams could clinch a uh the division with the jaguars loss and so all of a sudden you know to me you get two Rookie head coaches in D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen, who have done just a marvelous job uh, all season long. It, it, you know, look at what D'Amico Ryans has done. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, he's been injured with concussion issues and stuff like that, and they and, and they lost um, Tank Dell, you know, not too long ago, and they're still able to kind of keep it chugging. And then the Colts, I mean, we thought Anthony Richardson was going to be their quarterback this year, the rookie, and they were going to kind of just be in a rebuilding season. And then Gardner Minshew comes in there and Shane Steichen has them, you know, on the verge of getting a playoff berth. You can't tell me after what we watched this past, you know, season in this past week for sure that the Eagles don't miss uh, Shane Steichen and uh, Jonathan Gannon, the the uh, the former coordinators for the Eagles. Steichen was the offensive coordinator. Gannon was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. The Eagles the way they just got spanked by the Cardinals, that's that's embarrassing. I, I don't feel good about them at all going into playoffs. And uh, I think a large part of it has to do with the fact that they lost two really important pieces on their coaching staff this year. And uh, you know, maybe Nick Sirianni, I've always said he's he's, he's kind of a fraud. He's got fraud-ish uh, you know, uh, capabilities, and I, I think we're seeing it right now. Fraud-like capabilities. Uh, I have liked to see Minshew Mania back in – Full swing with the Colts, and that that should be a real fun one. With the uh, Texans play the Colts on a Saturday night game, baby. Uh, Texans and, and Colts both, you know, hats off to them. As you said, just dealing with injuries. Uh, C.J. Stroud playing really great football. You know, perhaps the 
rookie of the year. Uh, and then, you know, to to lose Anthony Richardson like they did and to have Mitchell come in and to have the rest of the team play inspired football and to push for the playoffs really says a lot about them and their future. That's good. But, I mean, it really does come down to that game of the week being that Bills and Dolphins game. The Dolphins want to play the spoiler to the Bills and knock them out of the playoffs. It would be unheard of for Josh Allen and this crew. Uh, tough that they are not ending at home, but they will be traveling to Miami, and Miami wants to right the ship and go out on a higher note. Uh, obviously, coming off a huge loss, getting blown out by the uh, Ravens. And who do you like in this game, Ross? I mean, I I, I really feel like I, I give the Bills the edge, and they're going to bring it and make that push to the playoffs. I think so, too. I, I think the Bills are going to win this football game just because they've got more to play for. But, man, I, I really would like to see the Steelers you know, sneak in there. But, you know, I, I do think it's the Bills. They do have the better football team. And so, um, you know, I, I'm going to pick them to win that game. There we go. Yeah. Uh, packed weekend. I love when there's Saturday football, a couple games yeah. thrown in there. Very they got the two best up. games, too. Well, I mean, I, I wish Lamar was playing in that Ravens game. But right. the, yeah. the, night game, the night game yeah. would be fun. Very true. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what implications there are. Certainly, as the uh, playoff standings are are going to be finalized after this weekend. You know, if they started today, uh, if everything remained as it were, Ravens clinching that one seed. We already know that Miami at number two, the Chiefs at three, Jacksonville, and on a high note at four, Cleveland dangerous five seed, uh, the Bills at six and the Colts at seven. But if the Texans win, you would, they would jump over to at seven seed. And then the end and the NFC, you know, the Niners certainly the deserving number one seed tough number two seed in the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Detroit at number three, Tampa at number four, uh, the Eagles at five LA sneaking in there at six and then green Bay at seven. So it looks like effectively if Seattle were to win and green Bay to lose, Seattle would slide in there. Yeah, and listen, we also have huge draft implications going into this weekend as well. So, you know, essentially, you know, the first overall pick is already locked up, right? But we don't know who's going to be the second overall pick right now. It's the Patriots uh, in the driver's seat, but uh, the Cardinals and the Commanders are are right there. And, uh, I mean, this is going to be very big implications for either who's going to get the other guy that's not Kayla Williams or Drake May or who potentially is going to really put a package together to trade up to number one for the Bears. There's a lot that has to be to be uh, decided there. Patriots play the Jets this weekend. No Zach Wilson. I have to believe that uh, Bill Belichick does not give a shit about tanking, and he's going to try and put you know as much as possible out there to, to beat the Jets at home. You know he hates the Jets, but that actually is a little bit of a detriment to the Patriots. They could fall to the third overall pick uh, by the end of this weekend, Whereas you look at Washington, you know, they're they're playing Sam Howell this weekend, um, but they're playing against the Cowboys. And how much of the Cowboys are, are really going to be going full speed ahead in this football game? And then the Chargers, the Chargers now all of a sudden have a chance to beat uh, the, the Chiefs because the Chiefs aren't going to play any of their guys. And a Chargers win hurts them as well in the draft position. So this is going to be a very interesting weekend for all that stuff as well. Um, I am especially paying attention to the commanders because in my opinion, um, we've got a lot of time to talk about this, but um, if somebody were to put a, a big package together to the bears uh, for the first overall pick for Caleb Williams, 
it is the Washington Commanders, in my opinion. Don't forget, um, they've got a new owner in, in uh, Josh Harris, I believe, right, is, is his name. Um, he New owners in every single sport tend to want to make a splash. I call it new owner syndrome. We saw it as recently as like Matt Ishbia doing the Kevin Durant deal. The, it always happens. Um, so what better way to make a big splash than to bring a guy home in Kayla Williams, who's from the D.C. area? You know he's going to hire a brand new coach. You know he's going to try and give as much money as he can to the hottest name. Think guys like Jim Harbaugh. Think guys like you know uh, Bill Belichick and stuff like that. So I think the Washington Commanders uh, would put together a big package uh, for the first overall pick. And if they are at two, that allows the Bears to not fall too low and bring in a guy still like Marvin Harrison Jr. You say big package one more time. Big package. If you had big package on your bingo, bingo card of Ross saying big package thrice, <laughs> and you win. We we'll send you one. Of, uh, we'll send you one of t-shirts in the mail. Uh, it'll be mm -hmm. a random. That'd be fun. We should do something like that. A little <laughs> little raffle for fans. Ross's t-shirts to give away. In the pre-show, we were talking about Ross giving away a plethora of his t-shirts. This man has more t-shirts than. Uh, in days in the year, big facts. Probably close to a thousand at this point. A thousand. Yes, I love it. There's gonna mm -hmm. be some obscure ones. You should just give us a T-shirt a week too. That, I mean, that's, that's true. A great segment in itself, right? That's true. That's true. Big we'll fact. do that. We'll do that in 2024. I like that. We we got it, baby. We can do it for every show. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, you know, you, you talked about coaching potential and, and draft uh, potential and in, in these uh, quarterbacks who are going to be top picks and and you know the. Uh, the draft, obviously, there's still a lot undecided about it. But what's not undecided is the college football championship as that went down, as the four teams faced each other, I should say, uh, on New Year's Day. And there were great games, right? You saw uh, Michigan in the late run in overtime knocking off Bama. Uh, hats off to, to Bama and Nick Saban. But it looked like Michigan finally got over the hump after, uh, you know, a couple exits from the college football playoff. And then... I thought, it, you know, one team would blow out the other in Washington, Texas, but that was another great game. And, you know, you saw a Heisman favorite, favorite and Michael Penix uh, play really well, and his draft stock continues to go up. And Texas is certainly a program that's back. It looked like they, you know, they got it right, I, I would say, with the four. But it just, as good, good as those games were, it's still, I just want more. I wanted yeah. Florida State in there. I wanted Ohio State in there. I wanted Georgia in there. Those are all deserving teams that could cause even more chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, like, yeah, I was going to say, too, and you saw the bowl games over the weekend. Because those teams weren't competing in meaningful football, then all the all the big-name players, you know, dropped out, right? They were all basically True. on the sidelines, not, not, not playing. And, and so, you know, thankfully, next year, the college football playoff does expand, right? It expands to eight, eight teams, I believe. Was it was eight or 12. I, I can't remember. Um, but – so. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. So, but you know, we're going to be able to see a, a wide array of teams get into it next year. I agree. Um, the bowl games leading up to uh, Monday's games weren't too entertaining, in my opinion. But Monday was awesome. The Alabama Michigan game was everything that you wanted. Um, you know, hot take. I think the Rose Bowl, like as it starts to turn into dusk in that environment, there's not a better sports venue uh, around yeah, than, cool. than that. It's yeah. beautiful sports venue. It's just a perfect backdrop for for a football game like that. So I, I thought it was absolutely awesome. And then 
you know, and then you go to New Orleans again, the Sugar Bowl is just kind of old school, classic, you know, shootout. And that's what we got. And uh, that was awesome as well. So Michael Penix was fantastic. This is kind of my big thing about um, Kayla Williams and Drake May is we didn't really get to see them play meaningful football, which I think would have really helped kind of determine which guy is better or do you feel comfortable about taking one overall? I think after what Michael Penix did on Monday, he's probably jumped himself into top 20, you know, in the, in the first round. If he goes out there and wins the national championship on Monday and he takes down Michigan and has a good game, this guy might be top 10 by the time we uh, we start talking about draft heading into March. Uh, sugar sugar bowl too uh, was great. If you were watching the sugar bowl, oh, of course, goose. being on Bourbon Street, you might have seen some pities too. Hilarious. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, go figure. This just boobs. It just pities. Come on, man. It just boobs. But good for that young lady. Now she can uh, she can you know go off that viral moment and she's offered a hundred grand uh, to uh, continue to show her titties. And she, and she's got bees to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> good work ross let's end on a musical note here as rolling stone came out with their list of the top 100 r&b songs of Ooh, the 21st century ross, i don't know if you've seen the list no but can you name any of the top five songs what do you got for me um i think these are all how, right here, how how long ago like is is there like a like a, a year so like, on there? Or? Uh, no, I mean this varies from. I mean they're mostly you know obviously they're two thousands being in the twenty first century, so it's yeah. uh, that narrows it down quite a bit since we're only okay. twenty four years into it. So okay. think two thousands and beyond. Yeah, well, I can tell you who's not going to be on there is definitely R. Kelly. <laughs> no, it's not going to be on there. But I, I can imagine that we'd probably hear see some of the uh, the old school boy groups on there. The guys like one twelve. Guys like Jagged Edge would be on the list. I would expect um, Aaliyah, who's one of my favorite R&B artists of all time, rest in peace, Aaliyah, to sure. be on there. I think Beyonce uh, obviously would be on there, like Dangerously in Love. Um, God, I, I mean, I can go for days on this. You know, Tyrese, Keisha Cole. Um, I'm trying to fast forward right now as I look at the list to see who is in the top ten here. I see Music Soul Child is making the list, another great artist. And at number one, yeah, number one, one, of course, is Usher with Confession. Of course, part guy, two, right? who's yeah, about to, uh, who's about to perform at the Super Bowl. Number two, uh, the yeah. great D'Angelo. It's been twenty-four years since uh, Untitled. How does it feel? Came out one of the most iconic music videos of all Ooh. time. Very good. He was, yeah. uh, cut up in that. And then Beyonce, you mentioned, dangerously in they love too. And yeah. then number four, Mary J. Blige. Blige, excuse me, be without you. And number yeah. five, Mariah Carey, We Belong Together. Classic. Yeah. I see Frank uh, Ocean makes the list right after that. Alicia Keys. Alicia John Keys, Legend. Ordinary people. Okay. Yeah. These are all, these are all, listen, these oh, are all up my alley. They're all um, deserving of the top 10. That's for sure. All deserving. All deserving. I'm going to kind of go through this list a little bit later and, uh, and, and, and kind of pluck it out and, and really uh, pick it apart. But I love it. Shout out to RB music. I listen to RB music at this point, probably more than hip hop, to be honest with you. Um, just showing my age at this point and, and showing the kind of the, the, the vibes that I'm in. So, and look uh, at the viewers drop. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing wrong. With it. It's like, you know, it's so versatile. Like, whatever you're doing, you're getting ready for the night, you're just like cleaning the house, just put on a little R&B. Well, no, yeah. You listen, you come for the big package, you stay for the R&B talk. 
God damn it, Ross. The Aaron Rodgers versus uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, episode. Who do you like here? Do you think Jimmy Kimmel's following through? I, if you, in case you missed it, Jimmy Kimmel responding to Aaron Rodgers and making the joke about uh, being on Jeffrey Epstein's list that Ross uh, was talking about said, "Dear asshole," with, with two A's. I enjoyed that. For the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein. Nor will you find my name on any quote unquote list. Other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court at Aaron Rodgers 12. Now girls jumping on trampolines. No, I'm just kidding. It's a major. <laughs> show. Um, yeah, that Shut was up, Aaron Rodgers, but not surprising. It was, it was absolutely trash. It was on an ESPN show talking about a Disney personality like Jesus Christ. <laughs> talking about a Disney personality that makes significantly more money for the brand than, uh, than yeah. Aaron Rodgers certainly does. So, yeah. you know, obviously, Pat McAfee yeah, Pat got a talking to. <laughs> he walked it back today. They made him put on a shirt to, to do the apology. He, he wasn't even sleeveless. sleeveless they made today. him put on a shirt. They yeah. made him wear sleeves, sons of yep. bitches. Yep, so he really got in trouble for that. I, I'm going to guess that we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers ever again on the Pat McAfee show after this. I think that uh, I think that 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 Mickey Mouse uh, definitely made a phone call and said, "We're gonna we're gonna put the kibosh on this. You can't piss off Jimmy." Kimmel, I mean, it's one who thing does everything for us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100 percent. You know, yeah. hosting the fucking Emmys or doing A, yeah. B, and C, and just you know being. One exactly. of the best late night uh, talk show hosts out there, but Aaron Rodgers just keeps keeps doing it every week, whether it be yes. talking about the you know uh, ayahuasca or talking about the vaccine, and now you know talking yeah. about making that very lame joke. Uh, to, you know, leave the jokes to Jimmy, Aaron, yeah. and you know Jimmy's got something for him coming out too, man. Yeah. Oh, on, a, on a lighter note, though, with uh, with uh, with with Mickey Mouse, you know, Steamboat Willie is finally um, is finally streaming for the first time ever. Uh, yeah. The 1928 film, uh, which really is the first time that Mickey Mouse ever showed up in anything. So, uh, if you want to have your 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 kids out there with some culture and some history, make sure they watch that. I was when I was a kid, I had to sit down and watch Fantasia, obviously, which was the, the big thing back then. And so now we got, stuff. yeah, now we got Steamboat Willie, which has Mickey Mouse in it. And then yeah. uh, because Steamboat Willie um, entered the public domain. I don't know if you knew this, but somebody bought the rights as well, and they're now making a horror movie. Oh my um, god, I smell that. Yes. Nightmare fuel. Yes. So Weird. it's very similar to what they did to Winnie the Pool. Winnie the Pool last year, the the thicker than blood. I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Why are for you it. doing this to these childhood icons? I'm here for uh, it. We love the mouse at my house. My daughter will never see that that Mickey Mouse horror movie. God damn it. <laughs> Not until we're teens. Yes. Uh, we've run out of show. We'll end on that note. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening in. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, thank you for chiming in as well. Uh, of course, if you've missed any of the show, it'll be it'll be on YouTube, the recorded version, uh, audio-only versions on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. Follow me at 311Mac on Twitter. Follow Ross at Ross Reed and on all social media. Follow Barroom Network at Barroom Network. For all their great programming, of course, up next we got a Buffone 55 for their first show of the uh, twenty year of 2024, that is, 7.30 Central Time on the Barroom Network. Usually have uh, Mr. Buffone on, but he was uh, 
little tardy to his show not to throw him under the bus so hopefully next week uh, to recap this uh, dismal bear season bears 27 packers 24 Fuck oh it. baby 27 20, that would uh ooh, that'd be overwhelming ross i'd like to see it let's go bears 30 packers 24 come on yes peace we shall see Thanks again, everybody. Uh, Merry New Year. The last time I'll say it for the rest of the year. Uh, Be good to each other out there. So long, everybody. See you.